Welcome to the stethoscope issue. <laughs> the medical podcast. <laughs> accompanied by lots of laughter. And awkward pauses. <laughs> Our specialty. My name is Andrew. And I'm Betsy. We are the Beckers. We are excited to bring this content to you guys. And hopefully it will be a blessing in some way. Even if... It is a little awkward. So what are we talking about tonight, my dear? I think you're going to tell me about the training that you just went to, actually. Training. Yes, it was a great training. Um, our, um, our training for the evening was uh, surgical cricothyrotomy, um, also known as cricothyrotomy. The, um, the, the gist of the training was that we practiced on Pig. So first of all, what is that? Oh yeah, I should probably go back to the beginning. So a cricothyrotomy is a surgical procedure in which we establish an airway by cutting through the front of the trachea. So is this what you see people do on TV with a clicky pen? Yeah, like and a, a pocket, pocket knife. knife? Yeah, pocket knife and a clicky pen. Straw. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a cool, kind of a cool um, idea but really a terrifying thing to think about doing, if, you're, if you ask me. The reasons we would do a surgical cricothyrotomy are when somebody cannot breathe any other way. So your trachea is the passageway that gets air from your mouth and nose into your lungs, and if those are blocked for some reason, then... Um, like for example, say you've taken a, a you know steering wheel to the face or something like that, and you can't breathe, then we would consider doing this surgical procedure to get air into your lungs. Um, the yeah, there are a number of other things like a, a forward body airway obstruction where a kid has swallowed a um, a balloon or a ball or something like that, right? Or um, uh, every other effort has failed. Um, so, so it's sort of a last-ditch effort to get an airway and get air into the lungs. That's what it is. Okay. And what was this training for? Was this, was this training for um, use in clinic or...? Yes, it was for use in clinic because at Story Family Medicine, we do a lot of these in the office. <laughs> No, no. Uh, so this is so one of my one of my hats is uh, as an EMT, and um, and uh, what's called an ambulance based clinician in the state of Idaho, um, and so I have uh, a very distinct scope of practice in that I um, I respond to emergencies. I transport patients from one uh, area, uh, one hospital to another, and if their airway is to fail during that transport, I have to be able to establish a definitive airway and get them safely to where they're supposed to be. Okay. So that's what this is for, and it's really only for emergencies. Um, they do them in the emergency room um, often um, when all other efforts have failed. Um, they do them in surgery to establish a permanent airway. So is this something, so since Moscow is so small, is this something that you would need um, like, say somebody was three miles away from Gritman and you guys got on scene. Um, like, uh, like you have a two-year-old choking. Mm-hmm. And you guys get on scene. Um, is this the sort of thing that you would 
take the time to do before mm-hmm. getting them to the hospital? Or, like, what is the cutoff for um, using this? Yeah, it, it is that time-sensitive. Okay. Um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. We have short transport times for the most part in Moscow. Um, but really, you know, four minutes and you're brain dead mm-hmm. from lack of oxygen. So it can still happen. So we would want to be re- ready to do this when a toddler's choking on something or when um, somebody drowns in the pool and you can't get air into the lungs because of, um, sometimes you get spasm of the upper airway and it shuts off airflow. Okay. Um, Or swelling. Swelling also. Swelling, yeah. Yeah. So trauma to the neck, that kind of thing. Would that also uh, be useful in like a um, anaphylaxis type situation? Yes, it would. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. But yes, we would want to do that and be prepared to do that at the at the sort of um, snap of a finger, I guess you know, very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, did you use clicky pens and pocket knives, or what would mm, be the? Uh... No, there are multiple ways to accomplish this procedure. Uh, we used multiple different methods tonight. One is a quick trach. A uh, quick trach is actually a really cool device. Uh, it's a it's a fairly large needle. The needle is, um, I would say, approximately a quarter of an inch. Or for those of you who are um, not Americans. It's we have a wide international audience here. <laughs> the Canadians. The Canadians. The Canadians. <laughs> hey, one of my colleagues is Canadian, so okay. um, it's probably about six millimeters or so wide. And there's a sheath that goes over that needle, and you basically take the needle, you you find the landmarks, put the needle in. And then you slide the plastic sheath over the needle and into the airway to create that definitive and secure airway. Okay, so the needle goes in first and then you slide the sheath over it? Mm-hmm. Right. So why doesn't it come just like a an IV needle? It does. Long? It okay. does. Yep. So you, so you do advance yep. it. Okay. Yep. It's, a, it's just like an IV needle, but much, much larger. bigger. Yep. It's like a negative yep. 10 gauge. Yeah. And for little kids, we actually use a 14 gauge IV catheter. Okay. Yeah. How little does the kid have to be for that? One. Because that's... Two. Yeah. That's tiny. It is very small. Yep. And there's no worry about the air, about, like, surrounding structures collapsing that no. tiny, tiny little 14-gauge straw there? No. Um, no, because once you get through the, the membrane, <clears throat> the membrane is very fibrous. If you, if you feel your, your Adam's apple or your Eve's apple... You'll, um, sorry, it's called the thyroid cartilage technically. That's not a real thing, it's FYI. Not, it's not a real thing. Uh, if you feel that, that thyroid cartilage, right, that's the Adam's apple and men, women don't mm-hmm. have the prominent thyroid cartilage, but you feel that bump, right? Mm-hmm. What is that actually called? The bump? Uh-huh. It's just the apex of the thyroid cartilage. Okay. So, and then you feel just, just inferior to that, you're going to slide over a bump, right? Mm-hmm. And... And your voice is going to get funny. Right. If you go in between the big bump on the top, Mm -hmm. and you should be able to push into a little divot in between those two bumps. Uh Okay. That divot in between those two bumps is a membrane. Okay. It's it's the thinnest part of the cartilage, basically. And so when you puncture that, that's that's where you put the airway. When you puncture that, it doesn't collapse anymore. So it won't pinch the okay. It won't pinch the straw or the needle. So it's stable off. enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stable yep. enough, but thin enough. Yep. And as, again, as long as you make a good opening, right? If you were to try and smash 
or you know if you were to poke a little pinhole in there and try to stuff the catheter in it might pinch it off but we're we're talking about just giving them enough air to keep the brain alive so and it works the thing about those when they're really small like that is you have to remember you're going to end up with with uh, co2 retention carbon dioxide okay. retention because you're not able to ex exhale all the way okay so for an adult like you or me we would use um uh either an, uh, an endotracheal tube which mm -hmm. is a, actually fairly large um tube um it goes in through the mouth usually goes in through the mouth mm -hmm. um and then into the into the uh, trachea that direction but um in a in a situation where we're doing a surgical crike or cricothyrotomy we would still use the same basic tube and so you have enough airspace that you can exchange oxygen and co2 pretty easily makes sense with the quick trach or the the needle mm -hmm. the, and the 14 gauge needle and a little one you have to get that out as quick as you can mm -hmm. you have to get them where you need to be as quick as you can because they're going to end up with some significant um co2 retention because they can't move the co2 out of the airway mm -hmm. and out of the lungs as quickly as with an endotracheal tube so your training was a few hours long tonight mm -hmm. so did you practice on anything yes yeah we we um we watched a video um there are a number of good videos uh, out there um we've all studied this in books before um all of the guys that i was working with guys and, and gals that i was working with tonight they're all trained paramedics um our er doc dr nick garrett um it was in charge of our training and he he we've all done this before as far as on models and simulations and so on um tonight uh, what we did was we had pig trachea um and and the pig trachea stimulates simulates the uh the human anatomy fairly well um you have the same thyroid cartilage you have the same cricothyroid ring um, right underneath the thyroid cartilage. Um, and you have the same membrane. So we were able to do that. And then we have some simulation aids that we use to recreate the membrane in the skin multiple times so we can practice multiple cuts. Because cool. the procedure is pretty neat. You, with your non-dominant hand, you entrap the trachea, right? Your windpipe on the front of the throat. You find your landmark, right? Then with your dominant hand and a, and a scalpel, mm -hmm. you incise straight down the front of the neck. Mm -hmm. You go deep and fast because you are trying to do this quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you have incised all the way down to the, to the cartilage, you find the membrane one more time with a finger. And then you take your scalpel and you just puncture straight through it, cut to the side, um, turn it around, cut to the other side, and then... So you, you're so you're not cutting vertically, you're cutting horizontally. At, at so, yeah, so I cut vertically for, for the, the first one. For the first incision. Yep. Yeah, and then once you get in there, there are no other structures to hit, so you cut side to side to open it up. Then you stuff your finger in, and then you can feel the, um, the cricoid rings of the trachea. Those are the cartilage rings that keep the trachea open. And once you feel that, you know you're in the right spot, and then you put the tube in. So it's a very straightforward procedure, actually. So did you get to use different sized pig tracheae for doing, for experimenting with uh, adults and kids? Um, or did you just practice all in one size? They were all pretty much the same size. These okay. were adult pigs, so. Big pigs. Helpful. All right. I'm trying to think if I have any other questions. Yeah. Anything else fun? Um, what you did there? No, it was good. We talked about we talked about um, 
sort of when we make the decision to do this. Um, interestingly, I've been in EMS for 12 years, never have seen a patient that needed to have this done. Mm-hmm. Talked with all the other paramedics who were there, and they've also never seen one. And that's that's a combined, you know, 50 or 60 years of experience mm-hmm. between all of us. So um, it's not a common procedure, but it's one of those that you just got to know how to do it when it needs to be done. We call these uh, low-frequency, high-risk events. Sure. Um, and Better and to have the skill and not need it than need it and not have it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why we train on think, things like this. Not just because they're more fun than, you know, sniffles, but because really when, when we need to be able to do this, we have to be able to do it well. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. All right, well, that sounds great. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Stethoscope Issue. We will have more issues to talk about later. Bye. Bye.